what an honor to be here with you here at home, really. And I want to thank all of you for this 20 years standing with us in prayer, standing with us in the ministry, crying together, celebrating together. And I believe, especially this last four years, we have a lot to cry for, a lot of bloodshed, a lot of martyrs, a lot of destruction, but a lot of victories, a lot of fruits, a lot of people coming to Christ in thousands, in hundreds of thousands, maybe in millions, as never, never happened before. We together as a church of Christ should stand in awe in front of God and thank him and praise him for the mighty work that he is doing to shake the nations and change the history and to bring to himself those have been lost for years and centuries. Thank you again for your hospitality, for everything you offered to us as a church, especially this week, and for the Arab congregation coming not only from this church, from all over Florida to worship together. I would like to read with you a very famous uh, passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. Verse 4, please. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Paul said it clearly that in spite we flesh, we live in the flesh, but not fight according to flesh. In Romans chapter 13, verse 12, saying something maybe very close. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let's put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light, the spiritual weapons that given to us as a church to defeat the enemy, to win the battle, to bring back the glory to God the fathers. The whole world is in war right now against terrorism. Never happened before to be that massive everywhere in Libya, in Syria, in Iraq, in Somalia, in Sinai, in Nigeria, in Mali, and lately even in France. The whole world is in war, but according to flesh, killing and be killed, using the weapons of the flesh, the weapon of this world, that only destroy and kill. But we as a church, we have a different fight, we have a different battle against a different enemy. And we have given different weapons, 
the armor of God that have divine power to demolish strongholds, arguments, and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And this is the time that we together, the Church of Christ, the body of Christ, the kingdom of God, to stand in the gap, to stand with God in his war against the evil power. And this is exactly what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. What the devil is doing against you and against the world, against the civilization, against your country, against your people, against your friends. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We have to be very careful and alert about that. We are not fighting human beings. We are not fighting flesh and blood. We have a different battle, a spiritual battle. We are not even fighting our flesh and our body. Our enemy is different. But against the rulers, what kind of rulers? Against authorities, what kind of authorities? Against the powers of this dark world. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. It's clear. It's clear. Against Satan and his army. He is the God of this age that blinding the people and taking them captives and using them to destroy themselves and to destroy others. But these people are not our enemies. They are our field. They are our brothers, our sisters, our people that we want to save them and bring them back to their father, to their creator. We live in a battle. We are in a war since long time ago, not since the rise of ISIS or ISIL or Qaeda or Boko Haram. No, 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 no. We have a battle to win. And Paul is calling us with complete assurance that we have given this divine armor of God that for sure, 100%, with no doubt, this battle can be won. 100%. If we, the people of God, will stand in the gap and put on the armor of God and fight this battle with faith and trust in our God and what we have been given. We are challenged by strongholds. Yes. Spiritual strongholds built by Satan himself around individuals, families, communities, cities, countries. Billions are there inside these strongholds. They cannot see, they cannot go out. They are hostages. We are fighting against strongholds. We are fighting against arguments, thoughts, ideology. ISIS is not just a terrorist group. ISIS, they are not just a radical group of people. 
No, it's an ideology. It's an ideology, and you cannot kill ideology with a rocket, or even a nuclear weapon, or a chemical weapon. It's an ideology. And we are fighting strongholds, spiritual chains, and we are fighting the argument that being set in the minds of millions of people from Satan himself, from the devil, from the authorities, from the power of evil in this world. And we are fighting pretensions. The pride of man, the deception of the heart of man, to set itself against the knowledge of God. I don't need you. Even if you are there, I don't need you. No. This world in, is in bad need for God. And without him, without the Savior, this world would destroy himself. And we have given such divine powers, such divine weapons, the armor of God to defeat the strongholds, the arguments, the pretension of man's heart against the knowledge of God. And not only to defeat the power of the enemy, but to take them captives, every thought captives back to the Father, to the knowledge of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What are these mighty weapons given to us? What is this kind of weapon that can defeat everything happening around the evil of this world, changing the history of mankind? Let me focus on three of them. One, the power of love. Love is so gentle. <laughs> love is so weak. Love can defeat strongholds and arguments and pretension. Love can defeat the killers and the terrorists. Yes. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and because of that he defeated your enmity toward him. By his love he brought you back to himself. By his love he reconciled you. By his love he changed and transformed your life. This is why you became his son and his daughter because of his love. He defeated the power of sin in your life by the power of his love on, on, the, on the cross. And he gave us the same commandment. Go and love one another. Not only love your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor. Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? My wife? Of course. My children? Of course. My mother-in-law? Of course. But the good Samaritan parable tells us something much more than that. Go and love the one that he despises you and hate you and reject you. Different than you in race, in religion, in ideology. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 to 46, the Sermon on the Mountain of Jesus Christ, he said that clearly. But I tell you, love your enemies. that they killed you and killing you. And pray for those who persecute you. 
If you love those who love you, what reward you will get? Are not even the tax collectors, the sinners, doing that, doing the same? We are different because we have been loved unconditionally. We have been loved by God when we were enemies to him. And we have been reconciled. Now it's our turn to love our enemies. This will change us, of course. But more than that, this power will change them. If your enemy is hungry, Romans 12, 20, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing that, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with, with good. You will win the battle. If your love to your enemy more than his hatred towards you. I have a lot of stories to be told out of the four years during the time of tribulation and turmoil in Egypt. Demonstrations by millions everywhere, every day. And it happened that our church, one building from the main Tahrir Square, one building, just one building. And we felt at that time that put in our heart for so long to love our enemies and to go to them and to tell them, we love you, we love you. You hate us, we know, but we love you. We know that you hate us. Oh, we know that. It's very clear. You say it and you tell us all the day, <laughs> every day. But we want to tell you, we love you. And it was a great chance during the tribulation of the revolution to tell them that publicly and to take even risk to open the church as a field hospital, as a shelter, to, feel that the, to, to open the church to give water for the Muslims, even for abolition, to pray, to distribute the food and the medicine and to save lives. Over days and nights, one day we had 500 casualties. In one day, coming to the church, we had 180 doctors working day and, and night. And to our surprise that the media, the public media, the secular media became very interested. That happened one, one, one period of time that we had a camera 24 hours recording and broadcasting what was happening in the church to the whole nation and to the whole world. And one day, an extremist, fanatic Muslim Brotherhood leader, he was the deputy minister, leading a group of revolutionists, a group of uh, demonstration, big crowd, going to the American embassy that one block from the church passing by the main door of the church. He stood at the, the gate of the church and he started to shake the door like that with a Molotov in his hand. He wanted to break in and to burn this church that baptized Muslim for years and years and years. To our surprise, the crowds, the demonstrators stood between him and the church and said, no. Not this church, not this church. This church gave us water, food, medicine, shelter. This church loved us for so long. 
To burn this church, you have to kill us first. We will protect the church by our bodies. Love never, never fails. You will defeat the enmity. You will defeat the hostility. You will defeat the power of darkness in their hearts if you love them. Not by words. By actions, by taking the risk. By taking the risk. By opening your heart, your church, your home to bring them and to wash them with the love of God. During this time, many people came to us and said, why? Why do you do what you do? Why? We said, it's, it's an obligation. We are Egyptians. How come the mosque to open his doors and the church not? The mosque is opening his door because they are Muslims. Why you open your doors for the Muslims? The answer was easy. Because we love you. Because sincerely, we love you. The power of love can destroy, can destroy the strongholds, can open the hearts of people to receive the word of God. Love has special power to penetrate into the heart of mankind. To touch the heart, especially if this man, and if this woman, if this community, they don't have such love among themselves. If you don't understand it, if you don't have it, they are thirsty to be loved even by their enemies. They will taste something very strange and very special. Love your enemy. Then you will defeat his enmity. The second weapon given to us to put on, to fight the good fight, to defeat the world is the power of prayer. Power of prayer. Prayer, not just words. Just words. No, no. Just music, no, 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 no. Prayer is to be connected with the most high one, the most powerful, the almighty one, to bring him into the field, to bring him, him into the existence, to open the gate of heaven over your land. This is the power of prayer. In John 14, 12, Jesus said that clearly. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. We have faith in Christ, but we don't do what he has been doing. He will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things. How come? Then these, because, because, here is the secret, because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name. I will do whatever you ask in my name. Black, black check, blank check, whatever. Ask what you want and I will do it. I'm, I'm not asking you to do what I have been doing. I'm asking you to ask me to do what I have been doing and I will do it and I will do even greater things, 
greater things. The power of prayer. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled. Clear-minded, self-controlled. To do what? So that you can pray. The best that you can do to defeat the enemy, to change the world, to bring the glory of God, to win the spiritual ballot, the battle, to change the history of a nation, is to pray. We have learned this lesson the hard way. The hard way. We had to cry out to the Lord for years and years. We had to come on our knees and to pray for hours with agony, with a lot of tears for this nation. And many people thought, it's too late. It's too late. God cannot restore what has been taken away. It's too late. It's going the wrong direction. More and more people becoming fanatic and antagonistic to the, to the course of Christ. But we felt in our heart before the revolution, the year before the revolution, that God is coming to change the nation. God is, is coming to shake the idols of this nation. God is coming to do something awesome beyond any, any imaginations. And in brief, without a lot of stories, everything we prayed for, everything we prayed for, every petition we asked him to do, every supernatural intervention we cried out to the Lord to do it. He did it beyond any expectations from our side. Sometimes we were prayer, we were praying crazy prayers, crazy prayers. God, give these people a foolish advice. How come you pray such a prayer? God, give them a foolish advice. Unmask the truth. Let the people see the truth. Let the people see what they have not been seeing for so long. And to our surprise, the year of the Muslim Brotherhood ruling in Egypt, one year, one year, and they said in the beginning we will rule for 500 years at last, at least. We were struggling eight years for that minute, and now we are on the throne. We will stay forever and ever and ever. In one year, they did everything wrong possible in life, and they did nothing right, nothing right, and everything wrong possible. And we felt, wow, God is ready to answer every question, even these crazy questions. So in one year, 40 million people went into the street to tell them, go away. We don't want you. We don't want you. You deceived us. You deceived us. You promised that you will bring the blessing. You, you brought the, the curse to the nation. Everything we prayed for. We prayed for that the TV, the public TVs, the stations, the newspaper will be used by God to open the eyes and ears. 
to let the truth be heard. And day and night now, God is doing this in an amazing, amazing, amazing way. We were praying for visions and dreams and people to see Christ and Him crucified as a savior for their souls. And hundreds of thousands of them have been visited by Christ in a dream, our vision, and came to us to ask about our faith. We prayed for miracles, signs and wonders. And now God is using even the children to pray for the sick to be healed and to cast out demons in the name of Christ. Nothing is impossible in front of the power of prayer, nothing. Whatever you ask in my name for my glory, I will do it. Not whatever you ask for your glory, I will do it. Whatever you ask for my glory, for the salvation of your nation, for the benefit of everybody, I will do it. Christ is ready to answer the prayers of his people, to change the nations and to bring back the glory. In Isaiah 64, this was the cry that we cried over and over again. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. Visit our land, Lord. That the mountains would tremble before you. As when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. Come down, why? To kill your enemies. No, no, no. <laughs> to make yourself no, come down to make yourself known. This is the Christmas. Jesus came to the world to make himself known. And again, if we pray this prayer, rend heaven, come Lord, visit Oland, visit Florida, visit America back, bring America back. The Americans are going away. Away. The percentage of believers getting less and less every day in America. If you cry this, cry together, together as the body of Christ. If this is our desire, rain heaven, come down, make yourself known to your enemies. He will do it. Lastly, I have three minutes to go. Okay. The power of the truth. The power of the truth. Love will penetrate into the heart to soften the heart, to open the heart. Prayer will open the spirit, will break down the strongholds being built around the people. And then they are opened. And then they have questions. Then they will come to you asking, why do you love us? Why you pray for us? Why Jesus visited? A guy came to me and said, why he came to visit me? Why? Can you answer me? Very simple question. I would like everybody to tell me this question. I'm ready with the answer. Because he loves you. 
In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, but in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. This is what we need right now. People are coming to ask us. People are coming to the church to visit the church. This uh, New Year worship service, just two weeks from now, we decided to have two worship services back again after the revolution. And the first worship service from seven to nine, we had nearly 4,000 people. The church, of all the overflows were filled completely. So the second worship service from 10 to 12, I thought that we will have less number and we may not need the screen that was there in the main street outside the church. We told the police that we, didn't, we don't expect a lot of people to come in the, this overnight uh, worship service. The police said to us, no, we don't believe you. We don't believe you. We will, t we will take a good care because we expect multitudes to come. And this is exactly what happened. The main, the main street in front of the church from the end to the end was filled with people coming, standing in the street in front of the big screen for the whole two hours and a half, worshiping the Lord, listening to the word of God. We had 4,000 coming to the church more than the year before. And every year, more thousands coming and more thousands coming. Many of them, of them from a non-Christian background. But they come because they have questions. Are we ready to give them an answer? Are we ready? Are we ready to answer the atheist? Are we ready to answer the agnostic? Are we ready to answer those they have a sincere questions about what we believe in? Or we are not well prepared? Are we ready to answer the multitudes of Muslims coming to ask the Christians about what they believe in? Be prepared to give an answer, a logical answer, a convincing answer, a rational answer, a true answer, a biblical answer. Answer that can bring every thought, every thought as a captive to the knowledge of God. And I tell you from all my heart, yes, we have the answer. Yes, we have it in our own Bible, in our own knowledge. We have the answer. We experienced this over and over and over and again. Many people came with a lot of questions about what we believe in thinking that we don't have answer. It's so sophisticated questions about the Trinity, divinity of Christ, authenticity of the Bible. How can you prove such things? How can you prove that God is plural and singular in the same time? Because God is infinite. And infinity is plural and singular in the same time. God cannot be 
anything else but singular and plural. We have the only answer for who God is in the whole world. But we don't know the answer. Because we are not prepared. Because we are not eager to bring them back to God. Yes, if we love them, we will pray for them. If we pray for them, God will send them to us. Then we will answer them. And we will take every thought as captive to the knowledge of the Lord. Put on the armor of God. Put on. So you can resist the power of evil. So you can change the world. So you can bring the multitudes back to the Father. Would you stand to pray with me, please? This is a historic time to wake up. This is a historic time to stand together in the gap in unity and love for God and for our nations. This is a historic time. God is shaking the nations. And we can alone defeat the evil one. We can alone win this battle. Alone. Nobody else can win this battle except the church of Christ. The people of the kingdom. They have the spiritual weapon that can defeat the evil one. Would you like to be one of these people?